Do whatever it is you're doing to the best of your ability. Why would you not? But think about this is not just about how to live your own life. This is actually some really important leadership advice here. Welcome to The Thinking Leader, brought to you by Red Team Thinking. Bad leaders react, good leaders plan, and great leaders think. Each week, you'll get new ideas and insights from business executives, military experts, and innovative thought leaders to help you lead more effectively and better navigate your complex world. Now, here are your hosts, best-selling business author and top-rated leadership speaker, Bryce Hoffman, and former RAF Wing Commander and Business Agility Coach, Marcus Dimbleby. Hello and welcome again to another episode of The Thinking Leader. This week, it's myself and my great friend and partner, Bryce Hoffman. How's it going? It's going great, Bryce. How's it going your end? Well... It's been it's been a week, that's for sure. I uh, you know Murphy's, Murphy's law, which is a great red teaming principle. My uh, my furnace died on the coldest day of the year, which is you know kind of how things work out. But since then, I've just been dealing with this saga with the, with the company that installed it. That is just it, 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 I'm just at my wits end. First, that that they came out supposed to install in one day. They didn't bring the right parts. Had had to come back the next day and finish it. Next day, I go out to my garage. It's full of gas. They send a guy out to fix the gas leaks. Turns out there's two major gas leaks. Could have died. He's like, your, play, your thing is a bomb. Yeah. Like, Gee, thanks for that. Um, oh, I also had to I also had to spend half an hour picking up all the screws and drill bits that they left all over at the floor of my garage. It could have taken my tires out. And, um, and then woke up the morning after that with no heat. They send the guy back out again. Turns out that the exhaust system was all installed wrong. And uh, the guy had to, had to uninstall it and reinstall it. And, uh, and then the next day, woke up, air codes all over the controller for it. They had to come out again. And after all of this, you know, I, I, uh, I, I, the manager came out and said, oh, you know, we're going to make this right and everything. I, and uh, after, after five days of this, it's finally up and running. He said, uh, there, we are. it's all sorted. And I, I said to him, I said, well, are you going to do anything about the install cost on this? Because, you know, it wasn't, it, it wasn't. <laughs> and, uh, and he said, what do you mean? He says, I, he said, we've done a fabulous job. He said, look at, I came up here. Everybody came up here. Everyone's taking care of you. And I, it, it just is, it's just another example of something you and I talk about all the time. Oh, and then now, now the owner of the company, I wrote, I wrote a, not even a negative review. I wrote a mixed review of them. Saying that they they did they did get it up and running and they really you know came out you know middle of night you know and stuff to fix it not middle of night they came out after hours to fix it and stuff and I applauded them for that I said it was a shame that they put extra holes in my house and you know almost killed me and and that sort of thing yeah so it was a mixed review and now the owner has 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 sent me a nasty gram this morning saying how offended he is that 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 I haven't given his team credit for their their almost heroic effort oh boobla. To, to, and besides let's not forget he says his original team was sick and that's not you know and that's and they shouldn't be faulted for that and it's just it's this, it's just another example of something you and I talk about all the time and i'm sorry this is going to be an explicit episode but so many people just don't give a fuck anymore it's that's a new pandemic isn't it you're starting to see this more often people are just going through the motions, doing what they need to do, not doing a great job of what they are doing. 
And then when you do have an issue with that, you're the one who's in the wrong. Right. You know? And it's it, and then the other side of that is people think that they should be applauded for, for doing what you paid them to do mm-hmm. in the first place. Like that that's somehow going above and beyond to like give you a baseline of, of, of service. The, this is medals at school for coming last mentality, isn't it? It's just, just for showing up. Well done. What do you mean? Oh, I showed up at work today. Yes, that's what you're supposed to do. On time, then you're supposed to do your job well because that's what you're paid to do. You don't want medals or pats on the back for that. That's just standard. And then we'll reward and, you know, give accolades for when we go above and beyond the call of duty, if you will. Why is that such a hard thing? It's so different from how things used to be. And I don't mean to sound like a curmudgeonly old man here, but I mean, it is, it is, it's a fact that people used to take pride in their work. Mm-hmm. And if they, if they let a customer down, they felt bad about it and, and, and they took it personally. And, and, yeah. you know, I, I, I remember, you know, dealing, you know, 20, 30 years ago with somebody, you know, similar type of thing. Somebody installed something, there was a mistake. And uh, the guy was like, I, I'm just going to waive the fee for the install. And it's like, no, no. I mean, you know, you still got it installed, you know, if you want to take a hundred bucks off or something. And the guy was like, no, I, you know, I, I won't, I'm, I didn't do my job. I mean, that people used to take pride in what they did. Yeah. And if they, if they fell short of their own standards, they took it really personally. Yeah. And, you know, it gets to something that you and I've talked about before. You have the McDonald's principle. T- tell people about the McDonald's principle. In these sort of scenarios where things go wrong, you can see people getting aerated, people getting angry, and often rightly so. And I used to notice this at the McDonald's drive through where you'd go and order your food, you'd grab the bag, you're in a rush, you've got the kids in the back, you drive off, you get halfway wherever you're going to, you get home, you open the bag, and it's the wrong order. So everyone gets angry, frustrated. And this is where I call it the McDonald's principle now. So when I go to McDonald's, I'll go in there, place my order, expecting it to be wrong. So when it comes out and I get the tray, I look at it. If it's wrong, I feel happy (laughs) because I was right suspecting that and I can correct it there and then. Or if it's right, I'm even happier because I'm elated that they got the job right. And I'm very pleased and I praise them for that. And likewise with the drive-thru. They hate me because I'll open the bag and I'll stick my nose in the bag and check it all. What are you doing? Just checking everything's there. Oh, of course it is. And then you go, oh, this is missing. Oh, yeah, sorry. So that principle of this will be done wrong, it's an awful thing to have to think, but it's a sort of way we've been forced, I think, to now the, the level of service. And we all talk about customer service. You know, the best customer service is no customer service because you don't need it. Right. But how often do we see customer service now where you ring up, oh, dial one for this, and then you spend half an hour on a phone, end up to, talking to a chat bot who tells you to go and look on the website that then tells you to call the same number you just called an hour ago. Very rarely do you even get somebody, you know, a live individual quickly talking and understanding what your problem is. So there is this frust- you know, this built up frustration I sense people getting because it's pretty much everywhere you go. Everything, transport, shops, service, buying things, deliveries, you know, the whole comedy of Amazon and Hermes deliveries, just leaving things randomly outside people's houses or getting stolen, throwing them over the gates. And it goes back to you said, Pete. People don't give a fuck. And why is that? Where are we at today that makes people just not care to the level that we'd expect? Well, I think there's several things at play here. Um, I think one is that I think you have to separate the individual from the institution. So there's institutions that don't give a fuck. And And a great example is cable companies, internet companies, phone companies, you know, with their, you know, 
giving giving people, you know, four hour windows when someone will show up and then not showing up on time like that, you know, yeah. and, you know, and if you talk to them and, and we've had some as clients, if you talk to them, they'll say, well, you know, it's 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 so hard for us to schedule to, to stick to a schedule, you know, because we don't know how long it's going to take for an installer to be to get somewhere and stuff like that. OK, but you're making your problem your customer's problem. And I exactly. think that I think that that's that's a problem there is that organizations not giving a fuck about their customers and making their problems their customers problems. So, you know, you see so many examples of that. You saw that, you know, with 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 the, the whole. Uh, 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 what was it Lufthansa with the. Oh, with the, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. The Lufthansa thing with the with the, the Apple, uh, Apple tracking the bags. Yeah. Remember yeah. You know, and, 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 and instead of saying, wow, we have a problem where our luggage is, you know, system is broken down, getting mad at the customers for for yeah. tracking their bags, for having the audacity to track their bags and, and, and try to find them themselves. Um, you know, and, you know, there, there, there are ways that you could deal with this. You know, we, you know, we live in an era of amazing technology. Companies that, that, that have these four hour windows could give, could have a system that, you know, text, you know, you, when the, when mm -hmm. the, when the service guy who's coming to your house is leaving the job that they're on now. I had, I worked with a exactly. company that did that. Yeah. They send you, you know, like, this is your window, but we'll give you a more, a refined time as the day goes yeah. on. And sure enough, you got a little text message saying, right, you know, you're the, the person who's going to be servicing your equipment is at, has just arrived at their next job. They will be done in approximately this amount of time. Yeah. Okay. So I know it's going to take them at least two hours to do that. It says, so I'm going to go have lunch. It's fine. I don't need to wait around yeah, for that. Exactly. Then, oh, they're, they're wrapping up at their, at their last job. Inbound then, team. oh, they just finished their last job and they're 28 yeah. minutes from your house. And it, those are simple things to implement. And they totally, they, they, they go from making their problem, your problem to helping you understand their system. It still doesn't change how their system works. So there, so the one is the, is the organizational thing. The other is the personal thing though. And I think a lot of people, I think it's related to quiet quitting. I think it's related to the great resignation. I think it's related to a lot of bigger issues is, is individuals just, don't take pride in what they do. Mm -hmm. They don't care. They don't. They don't take their job seriously. They don't. They don't act professional about their profession. I think all of these things come into play about, it. and it's sad because, you know, you and I are the same age, and and I I think it's 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 not just you know looking at the past with rose colored glasses. There was a time when people really took pride in their work, particularly like tradespeople and stuff. They really took pride in doing a good job. Yeah. And you don't see that very much anymore. No, I know. You know, my three rules, I mean, my first rule, always do the right thing. And my second rule is if you're going to do something, do it right. And I've always had that sort of instilled in me as a young kid. I instill that in my own children. So whether I'm delivering a class with you, whether I'm controlling faster airplanes in my previous career, whether I'm sweeping the yard, I will do that to the best of my ability and do a great job. And I've always instilled that into my kids. I like they're doing the cut corners. I'm like, why are you doing that for? You know, you're going to have to come back to do that again, or right. somebody's going to have to come back and do that. So do it right the first time, do it well. A, you get pride in doing it, whatever it is you're doing. And B, it sets that sort of standard that this is how I operate. And whatever it is I'm doing in life, I'm operating to a bar that is set high and it's good and it's quality. And if you apply that in both your workplace, in your relationships, in friendships, it just gives off a very different tone to what we see now. And I often wonder with 
lot of the things today is, do people think it's beneath them? You know, if someone says to me, mm-hmm. hey, Marcus, go, go, go and sweep the yard. It's way below my pay bracket. I shouldn't be doing that. I'm going to go and do a shitty job just because I shouldn't be doing this to show you how bad I'm doing this because it shouldn't right. be. And you often sort of get that attitude and I don't, I don't take that. I don't accept that. Do what you're doing. You choose to be there. You're getting paid or whatever it is you're doing. You, you choose to be there. Now, this isn't breaking rocks in the chain gang from prison, you know, on a day out. You're there by choice and therefore do whatever it is you're doing to the best of your ability. Why would you not? You're so right. And I mean, the same thing, you know, I mean, this is something I learned from my grandfather. His principle was if you're going to, a thing worth doing is worth doing well. That's what he used to always tell me when I was a, when I was a little kid. And, you know, I, I remember, you know, I, I'd be hanging out at his knee in his workshop or something like that. And I'd want to go fishing or something like that. And I'd be like, let's go, Grandpa. And he's like, no, I got to finish this up. Got to clean up my mess here. I'm like, but we can clean that up later, you know? And he's like, no, you know? Yeah. And, and, and his whole thing that he used to always say was, if a thing's worth doing, it's worth doing right. And, you know, it's so true. And we, yeah. you, we try to apply that in our business. You know, fortunately, we don't make a lot of mistakes. But when we have in the past, we, I, we, we overcorrect in terms of making exactly. it right to people and stuff yeah. like this. You know, I, I, we screwed up somebody once or, you know, had a problem registering for one of our courses. It got screwed up. They got upset because they didn't get into the course. We not only gave them that course for free, we gave them the entire series for free because we recognized that, that they had been inconvenienced by that. Mm-hmm. I tell, I mean, to me, that's not, that's not even over and above. That's just like how, standard, how yeah. standard operating. Yeah. And, and this is what, whatever business you're in out there, if you're interacting with customers, right? If you don't want to lose them, yeah, we all screw up. We all make mistakes. Things happen. It's the way you respond with that customer that will mean they're going to come back again. Right. And often, if you give a lower level of service, but you're an excellent interacting individual and people enjoy coming there, they will go to you rather than somewhere else where they get a badass attitude, but a better sandwich or a better, you know, because people want to interact with people who are friendly, personable, make them feel welcome. And it doesn't matter what business you're in, whether you're walking into the bank to draw cash out, whether you're going for a coffee, whatever, whether you're walking through a turnstile at a football stadium, Mm. the person there makes a massive difference. And what I really love is when, when you're in those events where you expect the drudgery, whether you're going to a bar and the bouncers outside and like, you know, they're going to be horrible. When you get somebody who's overly nice and polite and fun and just enjoying themselves, it makes a huge difference. Right. Really does. And you, and you feel great. I went, I went to a gig with my kids not long ago, and you know, you're queuing up to go in, and you can see all these dreary people ready to search you. And, and then there's some young dude at the end, and he was just, hey, are you excited tonight, kids? So cool you're coming with your dad, and this is going to be an amazing gig, and I've, I've heard it twice already, and I'm so pumped, and you guys are going to go in there and have the best night of your life. And we just walked in there like, this is amazing. I can't wait. Whereas everyone else is like, you know, you've, you've, it's like going on a holiday, isn't it? That part for me, going on a holiday, getting there is part of the travel experience. Right. Going through the airport, the, the aircraft. And if everybody you meet on the way is some dreary, miserable life sucker who doesn't give a fuck, then by the time you get on the aircraft, you're like, oh, God. It's right. Just all the fun's gone. Ah, it's so true. I want to talk more about this McDonald's principle, but let's take a short break. Hey, folks. Bryce here. If you're listening to this and you're liking what you're hearing and you're wondering, am I a red team thinker? We have an easy way for you to find out. Just go to 
the show notes, click on the link there to our free assessment to find out if you are a red team thinker and what you can do to think more effectively, to lead more effectively, and to make better decisions faster in your complex world. Like I said, the link is in the show notes, or you can simply go to our website, redteamthinking.com. Check it out. I can't wait to see how you score. Welcome back. So as, as I said before the break, Marcus, I, I want to come back to this McDonald's principle that you were talking about, because it, it's so interesting, because when I was listening to you describe it, it's Dale Carnegie 101. This is one of Dale Carnegie's principles. He says, expect disappointment, mm -hmm. expect to be let down. And that's one of his, his core principles. And the reason is, is, is exactly what you said. Because if you expect disappointment, if you expect people to let you down, A, it won't, it won't upset you. It won't derail your day when they do because you expected it. And if they don't let you down, it makes your day because you're pleasantly surprised. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, I will say from personal experience that that's something that's easy to say and hard to practice. I, I went, uh, I went through, through the Dale Carnegie leadership program back, uh, gosh, it's been probably 10 years ago. And that really stuck with me. That was one of the principles that really stuck with me. I still haven't succeeded in making it part of my life. Because <laughs> you've got that little that I short blue touch paper with that sort of thing with people. <laughs> but I try. Yeah, I try. Yeah. And what it has done is I, 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 don't, I don't lose my shit on people anymore as a result of it. Well, well, exactly. You know, and one of the nice compliments I do get is, Marcus, you're always smiling. You're always happy. And you're that's right. one of the things that has really helped me with that because... A, I do give a fuck about everything that I do and try and put everything, but I, I apply that principle of, okay, I'm going to be disappointed or this situation's, it's almost doing that like a mini pre-mortem in your head before we get there, you're going to go, right, this is going to get fucked up because the person doesn't give a fuck. How's that going to go badly? What's it going to feel like if it does? What can I do to avoid it? What can I watch out for and you know intervene? Or when it is all messed up, it's okay <laughs> because I expected it and I'm smiling and this idiot's looking at me going, why are you smiling, sir? I've just screwed up your order. I feel such an idiot. I'm going to fix it. I'm like, hey, dude, it's cool. You go and do what you need to do. Bring it over. I'll be sat there when it's ready. No harm, no foul. Right. And, and you know, but think about this is not just about how to live your own life. This is, this is actually some really important leadership advice here, which is why it's one of Dale Carnegie's leadership principles is because if you extend that to your team, think about the implications of that. If you expect as a leader that your team is going to fall short of your expectations, then you're not going to be as stressed day to day when they do. And you're going to be really impressed and pleasantly surprised when they, when they meet or even exceed your expectations. And it's not a negative attitude. The way that he suggests do it is not about being negative. Like, oh, you know, I, I'm just going to assume that my workers are, are, are worthless and, and aren't going to do their job right. That's not what he's talking about. He's just saying that recognize that more often than not, people are going to fall short of your expectations in life for one reason or another. And if you, if you recognize that as a leader, you're not going to spend so much time getting upset needlessly about mistakes that happen and things like that. It doesn't mean you're not going to try to correct them. It isn't, doesn't mean you're not going to try to help your team do better, that you're going to help your team achieve the standards you set for them, but it's about personally protecting yourself. And that's something that's really important is that, that uh, you know, uh, I, I, I just saw this quote yesterday. Uh, there's a quote from the Buddha that, that, uh, your compa that compassion isn't, isn't 
real if it doesn't extend to yourself as well. And that's that's great advice for leaders that that you know, we forget that leadership isn't just about motivating your employees and and giving them direction and giving them, you know, uh, the tools that they need to do their job. It's about it's about protecting yourself, motivating yourself and giving you yourself the internal tools that you need to be there day after day, bringing your best leadership skills. Absolutely. And just think about the situation. If you're going in there and you, know, you see this so often when we're coaching people, or oh, I've got high standards, Marcus, therefore I set myself high standards and I expect the same of all my team. Okay. How's that working out for you, Bob? Bob's stressed the hell, right? Because he's not meeting his own standards. He's stressed the hell because his team aren't meeting his standards. And it's a standard American bumper sticker. You know, shit happens, right? <laughs> so when it does happen, if it does happen and your team are so stressed that you're going to get stressed on them, they will hide that from you. Right. And you'll start to get a snowball effect. And, and you see these teams and they're like, everything's going wrong in my team, Marcus, all the time. I'm like, talk me through it. And an event happened here. I said, did you know about that? No. And then another one. And you get this snowball effect. And it only surfaces when it's uncovered. You know, they can't hide it anymore. I said, what would have happened if your team had approached you and gone, hey, boss, this went wrong. Can we get some help? Everything else wouldn't have happened. You'd have fixed it there. But because of your attitude and approach to them, they didn't speak up. And therefore, you have this sort of silence that happens where things are going wrong, but they're covering it up because they'd rather accept things have broken or gone wrong or been done wrong than incur the wrath. And I remember when I, I took over the air, running the airfield at RAF Lynham, and I had about a team of 40 people. We got them all in, spent a few days getting to know them all. And I said, right, big team chat. I said, right, everybody, we're a team, okay? We look after each other. We all have each other's backs. I said, so let's be clear how when things go wrong, we socialize this. If I'm ever out and about on the station and I hear from anybody outside of our team, be it my boss, a stage commander, a pilot, whatever, that somebody here has fucked up and they didn't inform me about it. So I hear from it outside of our circle, you will see a side of me you don't want to see. Trust me. However, yeah. if you do fuck up and things happen and I expect you to, I will. So I expect you to help me when I do it. I will protect you. I will cover your six. I will make sure we get fixed, whatever's broken, and we'll work as a team to do that. And then from external, people looking in will see us as a team who respond to incidents, who accept criticism and change their plans accordingly to help people rather than, oh, they're screwed up again. Right. They're screwed up again. We have this list of problems that constantly keep occurring. And you saw this in other units because the fear factor was in those areas where people don't speak up even when they make colossal mistakes. And sadly, sometimes those colossal mistakes can lead to a major cost in often life-threatening mistakes. So as you said, this is a real strong lesson for leadership. A, leaders give a fuck. Show your people that you care, but not to the detriment of setting ridiculous standards where people are fearful of making any mistakes because that that area that you're stepping into and creating is just built to fail even harder. Well, you know, and, and, and this is something that's both true for leaders and, 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 and non-leaders for everybody. If you don't give a fuck, ask yourself, why are you even doing what you're doing? Exactly. You know, I, I think back. You know, when Alan Mulally took over Ford Motor Company back in the fall of 2006, and, you know, as, as you know, he've had him on the show several times. And I talk about this in my book, American Icon. First, first meeting with his team, he puts his, his rules on the wall of expected behaviors. 
And the last rule is have fun and enjoy the journey. Yeah. Have fun, enjoy each other, and enjoy the journey. And, and when he put that up, several of his, his C-suiters we're like, what the what the hell is this? You know, <laughs> there'll be none of that round here, lad. <laughs> yeah, we, this is, we, you know, we don't come to work to have fun, enjoy yeah. each other, and enjoy the journey. You know, and his response was, well, why not? I mean, he, it, you know, it. his response is, life is short. Life is yeah. too short to be Live doing something you don't want to mm-hmm. do. If you don't, if, if you really don't care about saving for a motor company. And coming in here and doing this heavy lifting, if you're not having fun doing it, if that doesn't give you personal fulfillment, yeah. do something else. Exactly. And, you know, as for him, he's, you know, people say to him, why are you here? You know, I thought you loved building airplanes. He was the president of Boeing first. And why'd you leave? He said, because you know what I really care about even more than air, airplanes? He said, I love it. It still gives me chills thinking about this. He said, I am here because I, I believe that America should build things. And I am here to fight for the soul of American manufacturing. That, I mean, that's, that's, but that's a sense of mission. That's a purpose. It's a reason to wake up in the morning. It's a man who gives a fuck right there. It is a, the ultimate yeah. example of giving a fuck. And that's why, you know, when he took over Ford, before he even formulated his turnaround plan, before he, he did any of this, his first job was to put forward a vision for his team of why they were here, what their mission was. And, and why they were doing this. And, and he, you know, it's, it's, he found this, famously found this ad uh, from Henry Ford uh, opening the highways to all mankind that he'd taken out in the <laughs> 1920s. And, and, and the ad said, behind every action of the Ford Motor Company is this simple belief that riding on the people's highway should be within easy reach of all the people. His, his whole point, that's why we, when we were a great company, it's because we believed in that. We believed yeah, we had a, a mission. belief system in place. Yeah. yeah. And he said, so what do we believe today? And he said, we have to bring that belief. And he translated that into modern terms to be democratizing technology. So what was he doing right there? The first C of the framework, providing clarity. Right, right up front, right up before you get into the solutionizing, the planning, the strategizing. Why are we here? Who's yep. here who doesn't want to be? There's a door if you don't want to stay, but here's what I'm thinking. Here's where we're going to be going. Does that excite you? Does that entice you? Does that motivate you? Does it make you give a fuck? There you go. Is this exactly. something you can give a fuck about? Because if it isn't, how can we make that so? And I love the fact the whole have fun thing, because again, that's my rule number three. Yeah. You know, do the right thing. Do things right. Have fun. Because if you're not having fun... We got to post, post Marcus the Dimbleby code too. <laughs> yeah, Dimbleby's code. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you're not having fun and you see so many people... You see the ones that are having fun, whatever it is they're doing. And again, ex-military, we've got a very black humor. You see it in the fire brigade. So, you know, in some dire situations where shit's going down, some wise ass is cracking a joke and everyone's like, that's not appropriate, but it's so appropriate because it's just like, hey, we may as well have fun if we're going to die anyway. Just let's get on with it and make the most of these situations. And that's what I love about the organizations where you see that as a sort of fundamental core value. And it permeates. Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, you say that and, you know, to, to, to pull back the curtain slightly, folks. So, you know, we're, we're as, as, we've, as we've hinted, launching a major new initiative with coaching.com this year. And as a result of this, since I came back from holiday at the beginning of the year, I haven't had a day off. I've worked seven days a week on this. And I was, I was getting my hair cut yesterday afternoon. My hairstylist 
was I was I was you know she asked me if I had a weekend last week and I said no and I, I'm not going to have one this weekend either and she's like gosh that's that's so horrible and stuff and and I said no I I am getting tired but I'm really excited because I'm I'm doing this because I because I give a fuck about this and it really makes me want to get it right and do as much of this um, upfront as we can so that this program is a total success for all of the the people who sign up for it and so that we spread this whole concept of red team thinking even broader. And I know you approach your work in the same way. And, and, and so it is even hard work is fun if you give a fuck. Well, exactly. That's it, isn't it? And um, my wife once said to me, I was talking about my principles and beliefs and things when we were in the early days. And she's like, how will you know when you don't give a fuck? I said, I won't get out of bed in the morning. She's yeah. like, what? I said, seriously, the day I wake up in the morning and, and, and it hits me, I no longer give a fuck about this thing I'm doing. Then I'll resign that day. I'll quit. I'll walk away. I'll do something to not be in that position because it's not fair. I can't personally do something my heart's not in, and it's not fair on the person I'm working with. Because if you don't get marks on 100% when things are going down, then it's not fair. So you've got to have that full commitment, both personally and professionally, to make a real difference, I think. And if you don't have that, you've got to really challenge yourself to say, well, why not? What, what's missing or what else is going on? And we don't, we can't all fire 100% all the time. But it goes back to that, that personal reflection of, okay, why am I not feeling this today? Is it what I'm doing? As, have I got too far down the road with this and it's just not salvageable? Or is something else going on that's detracting me? Do I need to just change my scenery, go for a swim, go for a walk, talk to somebody? But there's always a reason. And I think it's just a great thing if you can sit and ask yourself, why do I not give a fuck about X, Y, Z in my life? Why am I not having fun? And really look in the mirror and ask those hard questions and be honest with yourself. Then... You might not like the answers, but it'll stop you staying in that rut or that position of I'm not really enjoying this because it's not a nice place to be. Great advice, as always. Folks, thanks for joining us this week. Tune in next week. Keep giving a fuck. Thank you for tuning in to The Thinking Leader. Check the show notes for more information about the topics covered in this episode there. You'll also find a link to our free assessment. Click on it right now to find out if you are a red team thinker with a red team culture.